Welcome to the Smiling Homeschooler Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Wilson. My baby has arrived, so this week we are talking about my new son, as well as interviewing homeschool veteran Tina Farewell. She had a ton of wisdom and encouragement to share, and we think it will help you smile. Thank you to Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring this week's podcast. So let's get started. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson. Before, before we get going, uh, before we talk to Tina, Ben, I mean, everybody was waiting to hear about your baby, and the baby came, and, uh, uh, you know, I know that it was super fast. Uh, in fact, it just still freaks me out, because I think it was Wednesday night, we saw Ben and Riss about 9 o'clock. Um, they came over, and they said, yeah, the doctor said in a day or two, and the next 48 hours, at midnight, we got a text or a call that says, Hey, we're going to go. Can you come over and stay with Renly? And so Debbie and I got our stuff on, walked across in the snow. Um, we camped out there. We, you know, got situated in bed. And at midnight, or I was at midnight, at 2 o'clock, we get a text and says, the, Debbie, like, wakes me up. And she goes, the baby's here. Yeah, like, it, was, it was crazy. I mean, from the first actual... Uh, from the first actual contraction where she felt like this was a big contraction, it was 10.20 when she felt that. We actually got to the birthing center at 12. You, we called you at like 11.20, and then we had the baby at 1.51. So it was like three and a half hours from the first contraction, basically, to uh, Hudson being born. So it was fantastic. I mean, as good and as can then, be. You know? And then uh, Debbie goes, well, the girls are going to go over to the birthing center and see the baby. And I'm like, okay, I'll stay with Renly. And so she came back. She got home at about 5 o'clock in the morning. And she said, well, Ben and Rissa and Hudson are going to be home at 8 o'clock. And I'm like, no <laughs> way. They're not coming home at 8. By 8 o'clock, they pull in the door. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the freakiest thing I've ever been a part of. Yeah, it was pretty weird. I mean, that's where you think, like, you know, for a little kid, it's like you go to bed. Next morning, there's a brother. And mom and dad are put us to bed. Mom and dad are here when I woke up. This, that would just be so weird, I feel like. But it, we're so thankful and good. He had a little bit of jaundice that they're working through and making sure everything's okay with that. But otherwise, he's healthy and Riss is doing good. So it's pretty fantastic. I think it couldn't probably be a lot better than that. So we're so it thankful. Was, it was awesome. Yeah, it well, was. hey, we'll have to talk more about that later. But uh, we got a special guest with us today. Um, just a little uh, in, uh, uh, a not interview. That's not the right word. A introduction to Tina Farewell. Um, we've known uh, Tina and her husband Bob and some of their younger kids uh, for a long time. As long as we've been doing uh, Family Man, or mm -hmm. way longer than we've been doing the Smiling Homeschooler, we've been on the convention road. Um, in fact, I think we've been doing it, Tina, as long as you were doing it oh, when we met you. That's crazy. Uh, I can remember Bob saying, Oh, we've been doing this for 18 years. I'm thinking, How could anybody do it for 18 years? And it's been almost that long for us. Um, but I, I remember even beforehand, um, really the reason we are doing what we're doing is because of Tina and her husband, Bob. Um, because I remember not only for me, um, hearing her husband share how to have the best homeschool ever, but I remember even before we had ever even thought about going on the convention trail, 
I remember my wife saying, I just feel so confused. I don't know what to do. And she came to a booth called Lifetime Books and Gifts. And here was this lady in a blue apron, smock kind of apron thing. Um, and uh, uh, she came up to Tina and said, I don't know what to do. And, and Tina said, well, why don't you take these couple books and why don't you go over there, which you've probably done a million times. Why don't you go over there and look at them as long as you want and then you can come back. And my wife's kind of like, I think in her head thinking, well, no one else lets anybody do that. And it just it, it meant so much to, to both of us. So, Tina, it is so good to have you with us tonight. Very much. Well, well, why don't you tell us, just give us a little background about you. Tell us about your family, you know, where you're at. You're a lot in a place a lot warmer than where I'm living. Well, yeah, I'm in Central Florida, Lake Wales. And I'm actually right across from the house that I grew up in. And um, the property that I really was born at well almost and it is uh well it was it's closed now but it's a famous um restaurant and and inn and a soup canning factory and an airstrip so that is you know like 100 acres and so it's got a, we have a lot of freedom um and so have our children um having the airstrip has been a real blessing because that's let us be around aviation all of our lives. My life too, because my dad mm. the airstrip in the mid '60s. That's the 1960s. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, but so aviation is not unusual for us, and also the service industry of being in the hospitality industry has always been really special because it allowed me and eventually my husband and all five of our children to work at the chalet Suzanne and really get a lot of great experience because it was a very expensive place and it's kind of the, where the rich and famous used to come. <laughs> it is amazing. And it's amazing. I don't know if there's some kind of website or something, but they should go look it up because it's an amazing story in a place. Well, you know, well, how'd you get into homeschooling? Because it's not like getting into homeschooling now because everybody knows somebody and they go, yeah, I heard about it. How did you get started? Well, we had our first child in 1983 and it just, I really enjoyed having her at home with me. And when she got to be about two years old, well, actually, probably about one and a half or less, we got the word, oh, if you want her to go to preschool around here, you have to register her now and put her on a waiting list. And so I had to check out a couple of the preschools, and I thought, wow, this is really interesting. There is a plastic sofa and a plastic range and plastic hamburgers and plastic eggs. I think I can do this. I'm a good cat. <laughs> and I, I think I would really enjoy teaching her to read and things like that. So it just, it made so much sense. And then shortly thereafter, um, Dr. Dobson on Focus on the Family hosted Dr. Raymond Moore. And everything that he said just made so much sense to Bob and to me. And, you know, we kind of, him didn't hot about it about this long, um, but just prayed, Lord, what do you want us to do? This just makes so much sense that we never knew anybody who did it. And um, anyway, so I started reading and studying and reading and studying more and listening to, you know, focus on the family when I could and just learning as much as I could about every aspect of 
of life and Christianity and education. And it was not, it didn't take us long to be really firmly committed to doing it. And then I was able to share those resources that I had discovered um, and the knowledge that I had gained with lots of other people. But I didn't tell you anything about my family, did I? We kind of go ahead. Go ahead. Um, first of all, I wanted, I do want to say I love the title, The Smiling Homeschooler. Awesome. I have to well, tell you a story about that because when I was in high school and my mother picked me up the one afternoon, the sun was really shining brightly in my face, and I just came out of the building just frowning and frowning against the sun and shielding my eyes with my big stack of books and I got into the car and my mom said, Tina, you might want to think about smiling instead of frowning. And that was just very profound. And so ever since that time in high school, I really have, I, it, it has become a habit. Now, once I had a family, um, it became harder to smile <laughs> because of all of those people mm. and interrupting me. But I realized one day, you know, if I'm going to be hospitable to the world, the people that God sends me, my family are the first ones I need to be hospitable to. And so that made me really purpose to smile. Anyway, thank you for I love the smiling homeschooler. That's a great, great quote. I have a little picture. I don't know. Wait, can you see that? I can't yep. see where I'm holding it. Let's yes. see. We can see them all. That's a picture of my children. Bob, you'll have to find on Facebook. <laughs> He's tall and thin and has a bald head. <laughs> anyway, he's a great guy, and we've been married since 1979. We met on a blind date in San Francisco in 77, which was another story. Then we have, we have five. Well, let's see. I never know how to count now how many That's children fine. I have. It's very. It's a very interesting season for us. Um, we had Elizabeth first in '83, and then we had a miscarriage that we named Innocence, and then we had Eric in '86, and then we had Joseph in '90, Rebecca in '92, and James in '95, and then we had a baby born into heaven named Hannah in 1998. So. Count them however you want to. That's seven for me. Mm -hmm. uh, most of them are still living. <laughs> but um, we have had a death, as you know, this year with our son, James, who was 22 in June. And he, oh, mm -hmm. he was in a car accident. But we'll talk about that some more later. Anyway, what the do you want to know what the kids are doing? I don't know how much time we have. That's sure. Tell us what they're doing briefly. And I, I'm pretty I'm, – I'm you made me feel better because I thought you were going to rattle off all their birth dates. But you look, you look down, and so that helped. That, I'm oh good. I can't even remember how old. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, the, the dates, you know, you kind of tend to write that. Anyway, all they're all adventurers. Um, I mentioned having the aviation business in our area, and so I have bought both all, all the men, all males, have fly. They are phenomenal paramotor pilots. Bob just got his tandem rating, so he actually just took some people up in a tandem and got paid to do it on his paramotor. Um, that is really awesome. And our son has a very, very large and successful aviator, PPG, aviator-powered um, paragliders. 
and Paradigm Aerobatic team that performs at, at Oshkosh, Wisconsin for their air venture wow. and fun and fun and other places around the world. Mm. So that's, that's really exciting. I have a daughter in Nashville um, who's married to a, her husband. Um, is He's part of an agency that does all kinds of stuff, and none of us understand it. So <laughs> they, They've lived in Nashville for several years. Joseph lives next door to us, as our son Eric lives almost next door. Joseph um, was a law enforcement officer, and he, deal, he is still on the SWAT team. But he, he has become an entrepreneur and has farewell firearms training. So if you need any great firearms training, he does travel, and he's a competitive shooter. Becca is a professional skydiver. So if you're ever in Oceanside, California, take a jump with her. She's awesome. Wow. <laughs> I trust her. <laughs> oh, goodness. And James was working um, and doing great, great progress with the company putting containers together on trucks. And he was very, very well loved and respected and did a phenomenal job. And he also was a pilot. So mm. there you go. Awesome. And I in an airplane when I was 16, so you can have that. <laughs> I've seen their pictures for years on Facebook, and it's always, it's always, they have some amazing uh, pictures from when they're flying, so that was always cool to see. Uh, so, can you tell us a little bit about Lifetime Books and Gifts and that whole adventure that you guys did? So, we were talking about Lifetime, so I had been collecting books and becoming kind of a resource person, and then my entrepreneurial spirit took over, and I thought, you know, this could be a good business because I was actually selling the books by hand to people who came to my home and I wasn't making any money on it. <laughs> the bookstore down the, down the way was. And that, that was great, but I realized, you know, this could be a really good family business. And so I started listing books and I started contacting publishers all over the country and discovered, golly, if I want to build my own family library, then I can sell two books and get one for free. Eventually. <laughs> Doesn't quite work like that, but it, that was <laughs> for me. And so eventually I came out with, this was printed, I believe, in 19, um, 1989. This is a little about 40-page booklet, and it's just a list of great books that I had found and was able to sell. So that was the first Lifetime Books and Gifts Always in Complete Catalog. Mm. Now, in the around 2004, it had become this, which was over 400 pages, all black and white, hundreds of reviews of really, really great books. So that was kind of how that started. And then we started traveling um, in 1980, I guess it was, no, really traveling in not, about 1989. And our business just exploded. Loaded. People wrote about us. They talked about us. We started doing some homeschooling, little tiny homeschool conventions. Not anything at all like what are available now. It's much simpler in those days. Mm -hmm. So, I yeah. guess that, yeah, that kind and of how long, how long did you do that for then? That was, for, I mean, for a while, right? Yes, we did it for 18 years from then to, and we sold it in 2005. Yeah, well, I think I, we must have put you out of business because we started like the year you quit. <laughs> and, and I can remember being meeting in Duluth, Minnesota. Oh, and, and it was so cold. And Bob, you know, he pulls a big bus in. And that's why we, we travel around an RV because they travel on a big bus. 
Bob had this parka over his head, so all you couldn't even see his face. And I'm yeah. thinking, who is that? <laughs> you know? yeah. Central was... Florida in the winter. That's uh, true. Uh, well, true. well, Tina, you always, you know, I mean, from my perspective, um, you know, you always seem like, oh, such an easygoing going homeschooler that you just, I, in my head, I just pictured you sitting around reading books and, you know, eating your world famous popcorn. Um, <laughs> did you have any, you know, were there hard times? Did you have difficult children? that, you know, that maybe some of these other mothers can identify with. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. We had lots of hard times. And you have to understand, well, as you and Debbie do, we were trying to balance home versus on the road. Now, the, the hardest decision was, what books do we take with us? <laughs> Knowing we can always buy some more. But, but yeah, we had some really tough times. I think, you know, as I was pondering this today, I thought, you know, Every one of us is a difficult person. Mm. Some of us just have an easier time of getting along with one another. Um, it's hard to keep perspective. And it's, I mean, I remember with one of our children, it was like, oh my goodness, he didn't get killed today. By <laughs> this is an awesome day. <laughs> I think so many of us have, have a child like that or if, or more. We didn't have any major physical issues with our kids, some eyesight problems and stuff like that. But um, I just really felt God's mercy because of that, because it enabled us to to travel and to help spread his gospel and homeschooling. Um, but yeah, there were some really, really tough days. I think what as I reflect back, because, you know, my youngest was 22 just recently, and that's been a lot of years that I haven't really been actively homeschooling. But I think back and I realize I think the most important thing we did was just read God's word every day. If I could accomplish that one thing or if we could accomplish it as a family, it felt like a successful day. Um, everything else was gravy or dessert or whatever you might call it. But that was what we honed in on every single day. Um, we read aloud for hours and hours and hours every day, not just at home, but as you know how it's easy to read in the motorhome because everybody's cooped up together and they can't get out. Um, and that's what we really did. That was the focus of our, our quote, our learning time, but we considered learning as a lifetime. That's why we, we, you know, came up with the name lifetime books and gifts because it is a lifetime of learning. And if we're not learning, we're either very conceited, very uncurious, or we have some issues. Mm. So that's, that was always our focus. Then what was your favorite part of homeschooling through all of those years? The traveling and the reading. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because where we couldn't go, we could read about it. You know, and where we could go, we read about that. We try, if we were going to have any time between homeschool conventions... We did try to stop and, you know, go to interesting places like Gettysburg and um, the Grand Canyon. And we had so many people that we got to know during the convention season who would invite us to our homes. One of our favorites was a dairy farm in Wisconsin, and it was just fabulous. They had about 60 cows that they milked twice a day, and we got to go in and do that. Our kids, was, they slept in the century-old hayloft, and... And just, they worked, and it was wonderful for them. Yeah. And, oh, you know, we have a great friendship with that family. Let's see. 
Well, I know Ben's got to do a commercial here in a second, but, you know, I know there are some moms listening and, you know, because I hear them say this all the time where you're talking about reading and how wonderful that is. There are moms are saying, but I don't have any time to read. You know, we're, we've got this curriculum and it, there isn't anything in there that says read a book. <laughs> you know, how do you how did you fit it? Because listening to I'm thinking, you know, maybe their curriculum was just being together and reading together and learning together. And maybe it didn't come in a manual. Um, but how, how do you, what do you tell those moms who are trying to figure out how to do good, you know, those good things in the midst of their homeschooling? Cause they don't have any room in there for any of that. I think that they just really need to stop and pray and ask the Holy spirit to show them what it is they're supposed to be about. What are they supposed to, think about and do and there there really is time for reading if that becomes your focus i let me show you a, one of the life-changing books for me was honey for a child's heart it is just a powerful powerful book by gladys hunt and once you read the first half of it which is written to the parent you will understand the importance of reading aloud she's and she talks about you know honey from the rock meaning the word of god she talks about great fiction nonfiction, everything uh, and there's also honey for a teen's heart and honey for i like to say an adult's heart it's called woman's heart but to really understand the depth of what reading aloud and reading on your own does for the brain for the heart it makes heart connections in a family like nothing else can do and then like for instance the, there's a series called little bridges um, by Ralph Moody, and it's just fabulous. Yes, it has a little bit of cowboy talk, but if you're reading aloud, that doesn't matter anyway. But when you experience some of these autobiographies, like those are, or they're probably considered historical fiction, and then you're able to go to that place and ride a horse like that young man did, it builds family memories, a museum of memories, as um, Edith mm. Schaefer used to say, that nothing else can. And that binds the family together. And we don't want to make the family a God, but it really it really makes a big difference. So it has to become primary in your desire and, and what you believe that God wants you to do in your family. And I always tell people, just tag it along to something else. Do you eat breakfast? Well, Mom, instead of cooking breakfast or fixing breakfast for your kids, you eat while you're pulling it together or have them fix their own, which is our, what our kids did. And then you read aloud while they're eating. Mm. And you do that for every meal. That's three times a day. At least it'll add up to probably at least an hour. And those are really, really important times. Mm. So I've had two questions here since we're kind of still on this book topic, which I think is really good. Two, uh, one of them is, uh, did you have any required reads for your high schoolers? Uh, and that's why from Jody. And do you even believe in required reads? Do what? what was so, the so the question was, what are you? What were some of the required reads for your high schoolers? And I guess even, do you think there are required reads, or what? What would you say to that? You know, I wish that I had done a little bit more with our high schoolers. They both read a lot. So there, I, I just wish we had done some harder books. But I was not there emotionally and physically. <laughs> having young children at the same time and having a business that was so big and traveling. But 
they, what I, I guess what I knew is each of my children was very smart and they had great foundations. Right. And if they were ready to learn, you know, calculus, if they were ready to learn all, anything that they wanted to do, they were fully capable of doing so. I remember an, an example that Karen Andriola used in one of her books about a hammock. And she says, you know, what is a hammock made of? When you think about it, it's made out of strings and holes. So I figured if we had a, did a good job on the three R's and reading aloud lots and lots and lots of great books, not good books, but great books, my kids would be able to fill in the holes. Mm. So that, that was really our, our underlying philosophy. That's awesome. All right, I'm going to take a quick second here, Dad. Oh, unless you have one. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I just, you know, even in the way... Some questions, you can just keep going. (laughs) Ben, Ben, the way he, the the question was was worded, because my thing is, because sometimes when we use that word required reading, it shoots it right through the heart, you know, Mm -hmm. because all of a sudden then we look at it like, oh, it's something to get through. As opposed to something to enjoy. For sure. But see, like I knew one of my, well, two of my sons read so much. One of them probably read three huge boxes. I mean, I'm, I'm saying like, you know, the shipping boxes of books. Probably three of those boxes filled with books on World War II. The other one probably read two of them. <laughs> Did they read much about the Korean War? Probably not. Did they read about the Peloponnesian War? I doubt it. But I knew because of the in-depth way that they could learn, they were capable of learning whatever they wanted to at the right time. But I tell you, I had some kids who would, if I told them to do that, it was like, no way. And some could kind of glide them into it gently. But I think that there was a time that one of my sons sat down with me and said, Mom, why didn't you make me do more math? And I thought, oh, was that one? <laughs> but he said, you know, because our relationship was more important than a math book, and I wanted a long-term relationship with him, and that's what we have. And I am grateful I didn't push him because he is so brilliant and he is able to figure out whatever he wants to do or he knows where to find it or to pay somebody to do it. Amen. Right? Mm-hmm. And Jody actually said here, she said, you're right. I should have said favorite books for recommending for high schoolers. But I also think that, uh, I, I mean, this is not just whether she meant it that way or not. I've heard a lot of other moms say things like that. And I think that the idea behind it that a lot of people think is if I re- have my kids read these books – that will somehow instill this like super knowledge or something where I think what you're saying is, you know, and I would agree is building that learning. It doesn't really matter necessarily just these specific books. It's that, you know, under, getting them to love reading and love learning. That's what they, the goal of those is not just hopefully these three books will just give them that level of learning. Cause on, honestly, that probably won't even happen if it's just, you know, you just require it and that's it. Uh, maybe it will, but you know, it's not a guarantee by that. So favorite books, I guess, then, if you have real quick, maybe like three favorite books. What are, what are a few or five? Think about that for a minute, Ben. That's why you need Honey for a Teen's Heart. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to do an ad can, real quick here then. Can, before you, and then I'll quit. Can they, st- can they still get your book? I mean, is it, I assume, because on the internet you can get anything. Um, tell us the name of that book again. The Always Incomplete Catalog? Yeah. Always Incomplete Resource Guide? Actually, I looked it up 
a little while ago. There are none on eBay at the moment, and there is one on Amazon for about $16. Oh, that's a good deal. Somebody should get that by the end of the show. That's right. Somebody buy it. I'm going to take a moment to tell you about our sponsor, Teaching Textbooks. Teaching Textbooks is one of our favorite math curriculums, and one of the reasons is because Teaching Textbooks explains, corrects, and demonstrates every problem to your child in an engaging way that takes the conflict and responsibility away from you. Plus, the latest version works on nearly every device, including Windows, Macs, tablets, and even smartphones, so you can take it anywhere. Where that such a great curriculum will come with a high price? Guess again. Their new lower price averages out to between $4 to $6 per month for 12 months. And Teaching Textbooks even offers a discounted family plan. So if you're sick of your current math program, give Teaching Textbooks a try. They offer a free trial and sample lessons over teachingtextbooks.com. We thank them for their support of the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. Well, I know it was at the end of June... Uh, I think June 22nd exactly, and I got a I got a an email uh, from uh, a friend of yours, you know, um, Steve Demi, and he said he got he said I just received two texts from Bob Farewell very early this morning, and one was 1:26 a.m. and it says we need prayers for our son James, single car accident, he's in surgery, we're truly trusting Jesus, and then 2:46 he said my son is with Jesus. Thank you for your prayers. We trust him in his perfect plans. You know, I can't even imagine. The, I, I can't even imagine. Every mom is probably crying. Every dad feels the lump in their throat. Um, you know, before you had children, you couldn't even imagine. We'd hear about these and we'd go, oh, that sounds too bad. But now as a parent, I, I, I think it's our worst nightmare. Um, you know, as it pertains to homeschooling and as a mom, does it... Just tell us about that loss of a child. Wow, that's a big question. It is a big question. Um, unimaginable. It really is. Um, let me give you a little bit of background, which I think you already know, Todd, but a lot of people don't. Um, because it was like that week was the height of our parenting experience and then the lowest that we could ever even imagine. I mean, we couldn't imagine it. Um, Bob and I went to a family life um, weekend to remember over the weekend on Friday and Saturday, and we decided not to go Sunday because Sunday was Father's Day. And one of our sons had invited us to go to a really fancy place for brunch with him and his family. So we stayed and, and went with them. That afternoon, our son James, who was 22 and had a three-month-old baby named Asher, um, when he, he was able to bring the baby over and, uh, we had dinner together on the, on the porch and just had a lovely, lovely time. And in fact, well, go back about a month Our one of our sons called and said, Hey mom and dad, I want you to block out this week in June because you're going to go somewhere and we're not telling you where, and all the kids are chipping in and all the siblings and, you know, we just think it's time for you to really go enjoy something. So we didn't know where we were going, but we knew what the temperature was going to be. So that Father's Day evening, I took James into my bedroom and said, I don't know exactly what to do. Are we going to a dressy place, a, you know, a ranch or what? And um, anyway, he said, oh, mom, just take as many clothes as you want. You've got plenty of space. What man has ever said that? <laughs> 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 so I said, okay, I'll figure this out. 
on Monday, and we knew we were leaving Tuesday. On Monday, we had our regular family dinner, which we do as often as we can. And all of the kids who live locally and the, their spouses came to our, to our house, and we had a big pot of turkey soup. And pretty soon, our, our son Eric starts talking about this trip and how, how important it was to, to them to bless us with this trip because of the legacy that we had, been, had left with them and how blessed they felt. And then they, he said, here's the first gift. Here's a stack of letters from each of us. Mm. And then he said, and here is a ticket to Milan. Italy. Wow. I mean, you know, we don't need anything else. We have to <laughs> read them at that point. We read them before they left. And, you know, I mean, we just, they were just so beautiful. And so, you know, from each of the kids and just, we sat there and just cried and cried and sent them a crazy video of us crying and stuff coming out of our noses. <laughs> <laughs> it was real. And so then we left the next day to Italy and then, uh, you know, got there. It was one of those overnight. But anyhow, we got there and a day and a half later, we got the call from our son, Eric, who was the only sibling in Florida at the time. And a lot of crazy circumstances allowed. He just knows all the cops in the area. And he found out because they needed to know if there was anybody else in the car with James. It was just not even a half mile from our house. Mm. And um, so he eventually called us and told us that James was in surgery. And, you know, that was, it was just shocking, absolutely shocking. And then a few minutes later that he just called and said, James is with Jesus. Mm. <laughs> I mean, James had turned out, you know, I often say we had, none of us have turned out yet, but James has turned out now. He had been going a path that was not so great for several years, and God had slowly been bringing him back in. You know, we'd been, we'd just been praying for the Lord to draw his heart to him, and he had, he and his girlfriend had made a wise decision about having this precious, wonderful, beautiful baby boy that he had been doing so well at work. He'd, you know, just so many things. He was living back here. It was just awesome. And yet, you know, we're honest about this, but he was drinking way too much. He had had three, almost three times the legal limit. You know, he knew where, but he knew where his roots were. He knew God's word. Everybody loved him. And he was just an amazing young man. But to have this happen, you know, people, people say, oh, it's, I'm so sad that you were out of the country. And yet Bob and I look at it like, Wow, what a gift. Had we been home, we would have had all of our family and all of our friends here immediately. And, I mean, we have, we have like so many people just right here that we're close to. Over there, we were able to stay in our hotel room and cry and weep and scream and just, just, it was amazing, absolutely amazing to be able to be that close and that together and have only the three of us, that simple braided cord with God. It was awesome. It was mm. just really, really awesome. So being surrounded by incredible love when we got home, oh, my goodness, we, you know, there's just nothing like it, nothing like the body of Christ. Do you think it's kind of a, 
a solidifier of uh, really that's why we homeschool i mean really because all those years that you had with james that you wouldn't have had absolutely had he just been on a golden bus yeah exactly exactly and he was very social so he would have never been home you know he because that was just the kind of person he he is he was Mm -hmm. and yet you know, there's just no doubt that we have. Our faith has not been shaken at all. Now, do we, it's like everybody who came to our home, I'm trying to do this to you, Todd, but I would, <laughs> you know, we got home on Saturday night and all of our family was here to greet us, but I would take everybody in like this and I would just say, here's the deal. If you're going to be here, we're telling the truth. We're telling the truth about our emotions we're going to cry when we need to cry. We're going to laugh when we need to laugh. If you need to be alone, you're to walk out the door. If you're, if you need somebody with you, you grab them and you go sit in someplace and be with them and do whatever you need to do. And I think that that, it just, I think it really liberated people. Mm. And I, you know, the one of the most profound things for me over this, it's been seven months was the effect that this had on James's, on all of our family friends, the young people. I just had no idea the depth of the relationships that he had with people and really that we, that our family had. It was just, it was so rich. And when I heard about different young, young adults flying in to be with us that week, it was just so powerful. Mm. I just had no idea that was even happening. Wow. So the, the great, great love, the other thing that's really helped and is, has always been our perspective is looking in the, for the long term, not just thinking, oh, we're going to homeschool for a short time or we're going to, you know, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. Our perspective has always been for the long term. Um, our three goals when we were homeschooling and still for life is to the love of God, the love of, of others, and the love of learning. And that's what we wanted for our kids. And I truly believe that we got that. But it, it carries so much further beyond. We have to have, I think, if we're going to have the right perspective, it needs to be an eternal perspective, a very long view. We don't see you know, the ends of the timeline, only God does. And it's just to think about his life. Um, you, we just have no idea how many people that has affected or the service that we had at our church for him. It, it, it affected so, so many people. I've heard, you know, I've gotten letters from people saying this brought me back into God's word. Mm-hmm. You know, just one thing after another still it's just, it's pretty amazing to me. So we just don't ever know what, we don't know what God is doing. Mm-hmm. And no, this is not a task or a, a path that we, we would ever have chosen. But neither were a lot of things in our lives. But God is so faithful. He is so faithful and so gracious. There was nobody else involved in the accident. You know, it could have been many, mm-hmm. many people. And he protected him that way, mm. us that way. You know, it's just, it's an amazing story. It really is. It really is not an easy one, but mm. I uh, love story is more than we can ever imagine. 
I hadn't been, uh, I hadn't talked to James in years since, uh, the Gaylord Palms were at one of the, the last time I was there. I don't remember. It was maybe in 2015 or 13, or 13, I think, but I followed him on Facebook and honestly, I don't know if anyone's passing has ever affected me in this more than James, not because I necessarily knew him at, you know, incredibly well at this point, but because I literally the day before I'd seen him, you know, seen something on Facebook and I showed my wife, I was like, Oh, that's funny or something like that. And then the next day, you know, I saw the post. And I was just, it, and for me being a new dad, you know, with two young kids, I, it really just was like, wow. I mean, my own mortality and how, you know, really you don't know what God has in plan for you in store. And so that's really affected me in a huge way for, I mean, really ever since then. So, you know, obviously for you, I mean, looking back, you probably see so many times where the things that you thought were hard that you probably, you know, look back on with such fondness now and wish that, you know, obviously not getting to, I mean, you cherish all those moments with them. For those moms who are struggling with one of their children right now, and, you know, they're in those earlier days and, you know, they're all there. It's sometimes hard to remember that kind of perspective. Uh, what would you tell them? Can you get your feet on the floor in the morning play? Mm. It puts everything in perspective. It helps you realize who your designer and creator God is. And to realize that no matter what, God created you as a mom or as a dad for that particular child. It was perfect. He that child needs you and that and you need that particular child. Because it's not just all about the child. It is about us. God is growing us constantly. There's a a Stephen Annie Chapman song from way, way back, I think like 1986 or something. But it's, look it up. I haven't turned out yet. Mm. It is just very, very powerful. About a little boy and little girl, their children, and they actually sing about, you know, the mom and dad are frustrated with these little things that are going on. and very concerned and they're up there praying for this child who they don't think is turning out right and the children are so perceptive and it's it's just very very it's foundational to me mm. that that perspective of none of us have turned out yet i mean what god is doing in bobs and my lives right now are you ben and and you todd it's just amazing and all of these different things make a difference mm. The, so that song, and then there's a poem by Edgar Guest called Child of Mine. And I don't think I have, it, it, it really should be something everybody should look up. Someone gave it to me when a friend died in, when I was in high school. And so that's been a real foundation for me, just realizing our kids, our spouses don't belong to us. Nobody belongs to us. We're all on loan to each other from God. And it starts out, I'll give, how, oh man, now I can't even think of it. I'll lend, I'll lend you for a little time, a child of mine, he said, for you to love the while he lives and mourn for when he's dead. It may be six or, or seven years or 22 or three. And I was amazed because I didn't ever recognize mm-hmm. the 23. Mm. Maybe 22 or three, but will you till I come to call, take care of him for me? He'll you Anyway, it goes on for about four paragraphs and it is just, so deep and so rich and gives such a foundation to us because God blessed us. It's amazing. And it probably doesn't talk about math facts or the science curriculum. (laughs) But it doesn't. It doesn't talk about that. We have things 
that we need to learn from our children and they have things they need to learn from us. Mm. If we live life together and come alongside one another, you know, it works both ways. The grandest thing for me at 66 years old and having adult children is having them teach me. Mm. It is so profound and so beautiful. What more can I ask? Awesome. Okay, so as we're kind of get close to the end, now take your hands and put them around this mother's face who just came up to you. <laughs> and she's like, okay, that's all good, but I am, I'm about ready to toss in the towel. I can't do this anymore. I'm exhausted. I'm going to quit. Okay, tell me what you're going to tell me. Okay. All right, Todd. <laughs> I think... I think one of the most important questions is why did you choose to home educate your children? Let's just put it a different way. Why did you choose to keep your children at home with you? Mm. Are you meeting the goal of what that was? Because I think that is so important. Was it a, a um, conviction or a preference? A conviction, and it can be either one. It, it, it doesn't matter, but I think it's important for you to know. A preference is you just want to do it. You think it's the best thing to do. A conviction is you were willing to go to jail or die for it. And, you know, it, either way, but you, I think it's important to know. Um, I would say take some time off. You know, tr change things. Sit down and play with those kids. Read with those children. Experience life together. Put the academics aside. And if you, if you had your children in school before, I encourage people to take at least one month off for every year a child was in school mm. or away from you, preschool or whatever, because you've got to get that child's heart back. That child has had to turn to a teacher or, or someone else besides mm. parent. And I think that is so, so important. Really, really important. Get support. And I don't mean Facebook support. I mean face-to-face -face support. We could not have survived these last few months without face-to-face -face support. Pray. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote in a book called Life Together. Um, now what is it? Oh, dear. The most, the most important what? Wait, how does it go? If you quote this whole thing, I'm going to be sick. Because you're just amazing <laughs> already. All the time. The most direct way to others is always through prayer to Jesus Christ always and i can write lists about whomever i want to talk you know say these things to and if i will take that list and pray about each one of those things it usually just solves itself it's just amazing and sometimes we have to wait for a long long time we really do but to pray and like i say before your feet touch the ground in the morning pray lift those people up to you you put the pillows on the bed, pray for each child. You know, however many pillows, if you got that many kids and a husband, have that many pillows on your bed so you pray for each mm -hmm. one as you, as you make the bed in the morning. It's really pretty simple. Sometimes it's so simple it's scary because we don't know how to trust. And that's what it's all about, mm -hmm. trusting the Lord. He will do the work. So if someone wanted to get in contact with you, what's a good way for them to do that? I think the best way is just with my email address, bobantina at aol.com. And it's just spelled out B-O-B-A-N-D-T-I-N-A -B -A -A at aol.com. 
Mm. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you, Tina, this has been encouragement. I hope all the moms have been encouraged. Um, I know I have been. I mean, this is this is you're doing exactly what I remember that lady in the blue smock doing. And, you know, just I, I can remember talking to your son-in-law and he says your daughter does the same thing. And so your legacy has been passed along. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're going to have to do it again because I know these moms are all going to say, now tell us some of those books again and all that stuff. So maybe we'll talk about books next time. That sounds like a great, great time. Thank you for the opportunity to share. You did awesome. Thank you. Have a good night. Say, say hello to the big guy because I remember when he had white hair instead of a bald head. <laughs> yeah, I, I do too. <laughs> I know you do. You probably remember before his white. <laughs> That's right. Thank you for together. God bless y'all. Well, thanks again for listening to this week's episode of the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. We hope what Tina had to say was encouraging to you and helped make you smile. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at todd at thesmilinghomeschooler.com. You can also sign up for our weekly email over at thesmilinghomeschooler.com. We want to thank our good friends at Teaching Textbooks for making today's show possible. You can learn more about all the great math products, views a sample lesson, and check out their affordable pricing at teachingtextbooks.com. Thank you for joining us and have a great week. And as always, keep smiling. So